today's Communion Sunday. So the songs I, I picked have a special emphasis uh, on communion, uh, except for one of them. It's the second song we do, and I'll let Chip introduce that. Uh, oh, for a thousand tongues, a great old hymn, right? Okay. Would you stand, please, if you, if you can? Morning, church. All right, so, by dying on the cross, Jesus redeemed our unworthy souls so that we may enter heaven and be with the Most High. The Lamb who was slain holds the scroll and is the only one worthy of opening it. The Messiah came down to earth to conquer his enemies, not by force of arms, but by sacrifice. Therefore, he appears to John as the Lamb who was slain, rather than a mighty conquering warrior. Jesus conquers not by the sword, but by enduring torture and dying on the cross for us. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you Bearing all my sin and shame, the love you came and gave amazing grace. Thank you for this love, Lord. Thank you for the nail-pierced hands. Wash me in your cleansing flow, now all I know. Forgiveness and embrace. Worthy is the Lamb seated on the throne. Crown him now with many crowns. You reign victorious. So sing to our Redeemer praise for all praise is his. 
Bask in his glory, O children of God. Raise your eyes to heaven and lift up your hearts and voices to our Lord and Savior. He justified us, though we were his enemies. He will continue to work until, at the end of days, he triumphs and casts the devil into the lake of fire. Sing his praise for what he has done and for what he will do. Sing. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the nations, let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let the trees of the forest sing, let them sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, save us, God and Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory to your praise. Glory in your praise. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praise the Lord. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were there before the world began. Above all kingdoms, Above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure what you're worth. Crucified, laid behind the stone, Rejected and alone, like a rose, trampled on the ground, you took the fall, and thought of me, above all, above all powers, above all kings, above all nations. 
of all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure Please be seated. All right, so here we go. Please read with uh, with uh, together the uh, responsive reading, Proverbs four twenty through twenty three. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So both good and evil flow from our hearts. If we keep the Lord's words in our hearts, there will be no room for evil. But since we are human and full of errors, it's easy for good words to be lost or to leak out. Keep vigilant, pray often, keep the Lord's day, and remember that his love is forever. His love is the best way to repair a broken heart. God is good, and all the time. Amen. Thank you. As we uh, come into this week, I want to, um, first of all, I'm glad you all turned your clocks back. You know, it's, I know a pastor who, who didn't, and um, he was pastoring in Florida at the time. Uh, because he forgot the service started, they didn't know where he was. So they know he and his wife ate breakfast at a, a diner, so one of the deacons went over and said, you know, it's going to be just about time for you to preach. And the pastor was taken by surprise. So he got in his car, broke some speed limits, and uh, made, made it to the church. But we're glad you're here today. Uh, as, we, as we go into prayer, uh, we need to pray for our country. This week is, is uh, uh, a voting week on Tuesday, so I pray that you will exercise your right and privilege uh, to vote. Um, you vote for who, as the Lord leads you, uh, but vote. If you don't vote, you're voting anyhow. And, you know, you need to remember that. So please, uh, don't take it for granted. Uh, it, these are some crucial races. Um, let your voice be heard. Uh, also, uh, we'll have our normal schedule, as I, I said before. Uh, the other thing uh, that is, is heavy on my heart uh, is that as we come into the holiday season, uh, we really need to, how can I say this, be more vocal about why we're thankful and to who or whom 
we express our thanks. Um, in relation to that, thank you for a great pastor appreciation last week. Uh, Mary Lou and I were, were totally overwhelmed. Um, and uh, the album of the notes, just precious, just precious. So we, we truly uh, want to thank you and thank you for the cards and the gifts. Um, just overwhelming. So we love you all and we look to the future to see how God's going to direct us. Uh, also, uh, read your bulletin, please. Uh, bring it home with you. Because if you leave it on your seat, it's not going to do much good. So please bring your bulletin home so you can see what's going on. As we go into prayer, um, I do want to pray for our country. I want to pray uh, for uh, the senseless violence that's going on. Um, you know, I, I just read in the uh, news feed that some man from Fork and River was accused of killing his wife. Um, yeah. Um, and um, the violence in, in Philadelphia this past week and uh, other cities, it's, it's really getting out of hand. So we need, we need to pray. A lot of innocent people, when I say innocent, have nothing to do with the uh, fight at all or getting, getting hurt or killed by stray, stray bullets. Uh, not, it's not good. Uh, and I also want to pray uh, for the grandson of, of Diane. Um, you know, nobody likes to see a child sick, four and a half years old. So we'll pray for recovery there. So would you join me in prayer? And uh, after prayer, if, uh, ushers would come up. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, Father, I can't believe how quickly this year is going. I know it's part of getting older, Father, but time seems to speed up as we get older. And yet here we are, uh, beginning of November, and uh, we, we come, we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving in a couple of weeks, and then um, the, uh, near the end of Jan uh, December, we celebrate our Lord's birth. Help us, Father, to put everything in perspective. Give us, don't, Father, help us not to get caught up in the hustle and bustle and the busyness, but rather help us to reflect on the giver of gifts. All good things come from you. And most of all, Father, we thank you for our salvation. Thank you for Jesus who went to the cross and offered us the gift of life just by simple faith in him. And so, Father, we want to raise up some things this morning in prayer. I pray, Father, for our nation. I pray, first of all, that during this election week that <clears throat> you would calm hearts and, and uh, attitudes, that um, we would let the people vote, Father, and exercise their right without incident. So we ask, Father, to help us to do that and, and help us to be thankful that we still have the right to vote. And Father, with the increase in violence, it's unbelievable. Father, we need to know Jesus. We need to know the Savior. And, and Father, so does this hurting world need to know Jesus. Help us, Father, proclaim, as if we had a thousand tongues, your grace and your mercy to a world that is dying without Christ. And Father, I pray for this little grandson, four and a half years old, in the hospital with the flu. Father, we just pray you would touch him, clear up, restore him to health. We pray, Father, that you restore the parents to health. And Father, just keep this young one close to you. I'm sure he doesn't want to be in the hospital. None of us do. But Father, in a special way, we know, Jesus, you have a special place in your heart for children. May he know your presence in a special way.
And Father, we just ask that you bless this offering. May it glorify you. May we use it for the advancement of your kingdom. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So if I can get a couple of men, we'll wait upon you. All right, I'm going to give you a quiz. You ready? All right. In this world, there's basically two types of wisdom. Can anybody name them? God's wisdom and what? Okay, I'm trying to hear Frank, too. Earthly wisdom, right? Now, sometimes we get them confused, don't we? Bless you, James. Uh, sometimes we, we get them confused, and sometimes when something uh, seems like a wise thing to do, and we do it and we find out it wasn't so wise, right? Can you give me an example, since you guys are right on the mark, of earthly wisdom? Can you give me an example of that? Don't all shout at once. Go ahead, Lydia. Okay. Yeah. 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 Painfully, I know what you mean. Uh, but uh, another example of earthly wisdom is uh, you can stretch the truth, which is a lie, by the way, uh, on your on your tax returns because the government has enough money, yeah. right? What other, what other uh, types of earthly wisdom? Okay. Well, you know, remember the episode of Taxi when Jim Ignatowski was taking his driver's test, right? What does the yellow light mean? Slow down. What does a yellow light mean? Hey, you know, it goes on and on, but uh, listen, everybody, uh, I shouldn't put it that way. The worldly wisdom is a wisdom based on beating the system. Isn't that true? It's, it's, it's based on beating the system. And um, we justify that by saying, you know, the system's not perfect, it's corrupt, or, or whatever. But, you know, there's an old saying, two wrongs don't make a right. All right? And if we, if we lose sight of that, it's easy to buy into earthly wisdom, right? Uh, I, you know, I've used this illustration before, but it's so good. Uh, you know, you, your neighbor has a, um, a toy poodle, little thing, right? And he sends him out and he does his business on your lawn. And you say, eh, this is not right, right? So you go out and buy a German Shepherd. <laughs> and, you, and you send a Shepherd over, right? Well, then he goes out and buys a pony. You know, where, where does this stop? But, yeah. Where, where do you, you understand? But this is, this is earthly wisdom. Uh, another saying I hate that I hear a lot is make sure you get them before they get you. Right? Um, earthly wisdom is commonly accepted as, as okay. However, it's not okay. Here's the problem. I'll use butchers in here, so it's not fair, but I'm going to use police officers anyhow. 
You know, uh, we give a police officer uh, power and authority, correct? Uh, they, they carry a gun. That's a big responsibility. But it's, it's not the gun that demands the respect. You can have great power and no wisdom and do great harm. True? You can have no gun and have godly wisdom and do very well. And if you have a gun and have godly wisdom, that's a good combination. Then you're not going to use that gun in ways that shouldn't, shouldn't be used. Um, you understand what I'm trying to get at, right? Uh, we commonly buy into the lie that it's okay to lie, uh, you know, it's okay to cheat, it's okay to get somebody before they get you. And the problem with that is when's enough enough, first of all, and second of all, is it the right thing to do? When Jesus was falsely accused of a, of a crime that he never committed, and they came to take him away, what did he do? Do you remember? He went. He didn't get on his phone and call his attorney. He didn't jump up and down and say, you know, I have civil rights. He went. The reason why I bring this up is because you can tell a lot about where people are at as far as uh, their knowledge of biblical wisdom and their knowledge of worldly wisdom. One of the easiest ways is if a person gets defensive, then they're, they're drawing on earthly wisdom. Defensiveness is, believe it or not, a sign of insecurity. Uh, and it's a sign of something going on in the heart that shouldn't be there. In fact, the proverb that was read before says what? Guard your heart. How do you guard your heart? Anybody want to take a guess? You got to guard what you look at, what you read, what you hear. And you need godly wisdom for discernment to know what's right and what's wrong. And so that's where we're going to pick it up today with Solomon, okay? Uh, in uh, Ecclesiastes 9, we're going we're to talk about wisdom. This one I'm not going to spend too much time of because we kind of uh, covered this last time uh, we looked at this. But the first thing that Solomon says is, look, if you expect life is going to be fair, you're going to live in disappointment. Because many times life isn't fair. Would you agree with that? Right? Many times, at least it's not fair in our eyes. Correct? L look at what he says here. I've seen something else under the sun. The race is not swift or the battle to the strong. Uh, I'm sorry. The race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong, nor does food come from the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned. But time and chance happen to all of them. In other words, it doesn't matter if you're a believer or not, life happens. And sometimes life is a disappointment, correct? And if you haven't experienced it, you know, just hang on a little bit more and, and you're going to experience it. But these are all opportunities that God gives to us to trust him, to grow through him, to let him take it through uh, some bad times trusting him and doing it the right way according to his wisdom right he goes on to say in the next verse moreover no one knows when this hour will come as a fish uh, as fish are caught in a cruel net or birds are taken in a snare so people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them you ever have um, a debit or credit card hacked? Has anybody ever tried to make a withdrawal from your accounts? 
right? Has anybody seized your computer and told you it was $1,000 to get your information back? My information is not worth $1,000. The ransomware, right? You know, I mean, we, we don't know. God forbid, you know, after this service, I go to Townsville Community Church and I'll, I'll teach. God forbid, I don't know if somebody's going to hit me or I'm going to hit somebody else on the road or God, you know, God forbid. I don't know. I'll tell you what, I've seen people drunk at 8 o'clock in the morning driving on the road that shouldn't be driving, right? Nobody's exempt from this, and this is part of godly wisdom. We need to know. See, we're entering the Christmas season. I think this is so timely. We, we want to look at God as Santa Claus. We want God to do what we want and make us comfortable and do it our way, and, and that's just not the way God works. The reason why these things happen is because we live in a sin-sick world. True? We live in a sin-sick world. And when, when people have no conception of what they're doing is actually wrong sinfulness and sin against God, well, they do it high-handedly, not caring who it hurts or what the consequences are. Tommy, were you disappointed the Phillies lost? I was. Okay. Somebody had to lose, somebody had to win, right? <laughs> there you go. I, I didn't watch anything yeah. It yeah. Not yeah. Yeah. Of course. You gave me a great answer. He gave me a great answer, and I'll tell you why. Uh, and one of Solomon's big points is this. When we're faced with death, things come into perspective. What's important, what's not important, right? And, uh, you know, hey, listen, I, I, I would like to see the Yankees win. That ship has sailed, right? But it's not important. In the grand scheme of things, it's just not important. You know, like, like Tommy lost a brother-in-law suddenly, right? Uh, my brother passing away and others. When, when you look at life and you say, we're not exempt. And yet, we, uh, we tend to look at God as the one who could exempt us from any hardship. Listen, that's, that's a product of uh, the prosperity gospel. That's a product of the health and wealth gospel. And it is false. It is absolutely false. You know what's going to surprise me when I get into heaven? I'm going to find out exactly what Jesus spared me from. And that's going to surprise me because I, it's one of those things you never suspect, Right? First of all, he saved me from myself because, quite honestly, I don't know if I'd be here today without him. And then I'm going to find out all the other things he, he did kind of behind the scenes that I don't know about. And I'll fall at his feet. The second thing that Solomon addresses here is that wisdom can be better than just strength. Look what he says here, verse 13. I also saw under the sun, now when he uses this, right, he's saying, I'm looking at life apart from God, but here's what I learned. This example uh, of wisdom greatly impressed me. There was once a small city with only a few people in it, and a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, and built a huge, uh, built huge siege, siege works against it. In other words, the king wanted to conquer this weak city. Where now there lived in that city a, a poor man, but wise. He saved the city by his wisdom. But nobody remembered that poor man. Isn't that? strange and he says so I said 
Wisdom is better than strength, but the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are no longer heeded. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. I'd like to send that to some people in power. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. You know, strength without wisdom will always be either wasted or misused for the wrong purposes. Isn't that true? All right. And it says the wisdom of this, this old poor man saved the town. We don't know how, but we know that Solomon says, you know, he, he did it somehow against a powerful king using wisdom. I want you to think back to another poor man whose name was Jesus, who faced a horrible, horrible king and an evil angel called Satan. And with wisdom, he conquered both, didn't he? He conquered both. He conquered Pilate and Herod. He conquered death three days later. He conquered Satan at the cross. But my heart is sad when I read these words because the wisdom of this quiet Savior is despised. In this day and age, the gospel is not real popular, is it? Unless you do the health and wealth stuff. Then it's like, you know, come, God will give you a Cadillac, a, you know, a Corvette. He'll give you this nice house. You know, no, no. Jesus was homeless for three and a half years. Do you realize that? And he was God in the flesh. Jesus was probably the least respected and most ignored person when he walked this earth. Even his own people rejected him. Isn't that what the scripture says? Yes, he was the wisest whoever walked this earth. See, wisdom can see past the circumstances. Wisdom has, godly wisdom has eternity in view. Godly wisdom will always take us to the place God wants us to be. Worldly wisdom is a dead end because he takes us to a place where we shouldn't be. You know that neighbor I told you about? Well, he bought an elephant. And he sent the elephant to my lawn. What's my next step? Two elephants? A whole herd? You know? I mean, this is where, you know, the worldly wisdom comes in. There, there was a story of a man up in Brooklyn. It's a true story, by the way. Where uh, he had a, one of these row houses. Right? You know what row houses are. And in front of the, his house, he had a little patch of soil, and he had a garden there. And these three, three or four guys every day would pass him as he's gardening, and uh, they would mock him and knock him over. This is this is true. And when they would knock him over, of course they wouldn't help him up. He was in his eighties, by the way. Um, they wouldn't help him up, and all the man would say is, "I'm praying for you, fellas." That's what he would say. Right. Well, this went on for quite some time. And one day, the leader of this little tribe of uh, uh, hoodlums said to him, 
why do you still even talk to us? And the man said, Jesus loves you. And at that point, this man broke. And he led this guy to the Lord. You know, if, if it was anybody else, he may have brought a baseball bat out with him. You know, in the garden. And, you know, he, he used it maybe. But instead, he had godly wisdom. I knew of a nun whose ministry was to, go, to visit um, people who were on death row. And this one uh, convict who was facing the electric chair for, it was a serial killer as I understand it. And um, first day she went in to visit him and said, can we, just, can we just talk? He called her every swear word in the book. And she said, okay, I guess you're not ready yet. She came back the following week. And she said, I've been praying for you. And again, he called her every swear word in the book. This went on for six weeks. He was two weeks out of facing his own death. And he asked a question, I verbally abused you. I've told you I hate you. I don't want to hear what you have to say, yet you keep coming back. Why? And she said, very simply, because Jesus loves you. She led the man to Christ. He went to his execution forgiven for his sin. Amazing, isn't it? People couldn't figure out what Jesus would do. But Jesus, you, you, don't, you don't touch a woman in public, let alone let her touch you. Well, yeah, I do. But it's not allowed. It goes against all wisdom. No, this woman has great faith. But Jesus, what should we do with this woman caught in adultery? She deserves to be stoned. And Jesus just says nothing, right? Steps, stoops down, writes something in the sand. I don't know if it was the Ten Commandments. I don't know if maybe it was something about each of the accusers. But whatever it is makes, made an impact. And the men walked away. And he says, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, they're gone. And he says the greatest words you could ever hear. Your faith has saved you. Go and sin no more. There's a crazy guy by the name of John the Baptist who uh, went into the desert, found a river and John was commissioned by God to call people to faith and repentance commissioned by God so he starts yelling in the desert repent for the kingdom of God is here repent and people who were at least spiritually in tune said okay we need to agree with God. We've been sinning and they were baptized. And yet the religious leaders didn't listen to that wisdom. They mocked him. Ultimately beheaded him. Isn't that true? What does Jesus say of John? There has been no one greater than John the Baptist. You see, the wisdom of the world doesn't know how to evaluate people who love Christ. They don't know how to evaluate biblical wisdom because many times biblical wisdom is countercultural. They don't know what to do with people who show love instead of hate. 
They don't know what to do with people who care for other people because we live in such a paranoid society that everybody's suspicious of one another. Listen. Wisdom can be better than strength, but the best combination is godly wisdom plus strength. Strength is God defines it. You know how God defines strength? Meekness. You know what meekness means? Humility. The, the literal translation of meekness when Jesus uses, uses it is power under control. You're a Christ follower, you have power through Christ. But you need to control it based on, on his word and, and on good biblical theology. Just like I would expect a law officer to know when was the right time to use his power and when it wasn't. Blessed are those who are meek, humbled, because they shall see the kingdom of God. Listen, disobedience, uh, uh, even, even when it, uh, we think it's justified, but it goes against God's word, never ends well. Ask Adam. That didn't end well, did it? Remember Achan? You know who Achan is? Uh, Achan was with Joshua. They went in and took Jericho. And they took other towns too. But in this one battle, Joshua gave strict orders as he received them to the Lord that no one was to take any of the spoil or plunder from the, from the battle. Well, Achan did. Achan did. And that one act, which he would not confess, he just rationalized it away with worldly wisdom, cost Israel a crushing defeat. Look at this line. Wisdom is better than the weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Wow. Last thing I want to go over with you is this. In these four verses, in chapter 10, Solomon makes a very, very startling discovery, which he should have known about anyhow. And it's this. Folly, which is the world's wisdom, is always dangerous. You want to operate from, apart from the word of God and the will of God, it's going to be dangerous. It's going to be for a lot of reasons. Look at this. As dead flies give perfume a bad smell. Ugh. Can you picture that? What a way to ruin a bottle of perfume, having dead flies in it. So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Whoops. I got to come back. Wait. All right. The heart of the wise inclines to the right. In other words, the heart of those who are seeking biblical wisdom are inclined to do the right thing. But the heart of the fool is inclined to do the wrong thing. Even as fools walk along the road, they lack sense and, everyone, and show everyone how stupid they are. I came across a bike rider the other day who was probably 18, 19 years old. And to let him know I was approaching him, because he was all over the road. Honestly, I couldn't tell if he was high, drunk, or whatever. You know, I gently beeped a horn and he went ballistic. And you know what he did? He got in the middle of the road and he slowed down. And it was like, hey, play whatever games you want. I'm trying to help you here, you know? So finally he, he went to the side of the road and he told me exactly what he thought of me. That's right. He, uh, and he, he, fools, 
ultimately show that they lack sense and they're stupid. For those who seek to use wisdom of the world as stupidity, if a ruler's anger rises against you, don't leave your post. Com calmness uh, can lay uh, great offenses to rest. In other words, uh, you know, if you're working for someone who's kind of a rat, right, and he, he, he comes down on you, maybe you deserve it, maybe you don't. So in any case, keep doing your work. Keep doing your work, and calmness will, will prevail. Because, you know, a lot of times, I, I, listen, I worked in the secular world a lot of years before I went to seminary, and I've had bosses who, who will pick on you for no reason at all just to inflate their egos. Have you been there? And I learned from Jesus' example not to get defensive. And I learned to let God handle it. Ultimately, this one supervisor who, who uh, did this because I would not lie for him ultimately was let go from his job. But I had to leave that in God's hands. You and I need to be in the word constantly, seeking God's wisdom. We need to develop a biblical doctrine and worldview in order to know how to handle situations that will arise and challenges that will arise. You and I need to trust God in the process because many times doing the right thing can cost a lot. Not money, but it can cost a lot. I had a job where uh, the president of the company wanted to do something that was uh, very dishonest. And we had a meeting, an executive meeting, uh, and we're at this conference table, and he, he proposed what he wanted to do, and he went around the table saying, are you in favor? This, this would have put a whole lot of money in his pocket, uh, dishonestly. So he comes to me and he says, what about you? And I said, I can't endorse it. He looks at me and says, when did you become holier than thou? Says, it's not a case of that, it's just not right to do. Then he says, do you like your job? <laughs> so after the meeting, I, w I went to my office and I called Mary Lou. Joey was maybe uh, uh, 18, 20 months old. And I said, I may not have a job. And I told her what happened. It's okay, all right? Well, the next day this guy called a meeting and he told, he told all of us he decided not to do this thing. And the thing he wanted to do was easil, easily uh, detectable because the machine he wanted to do it on had a state seal on it. And if that steel, seal was broken, he knew I would have reported him to the state. I didn't know if I was going to have a job or not. I'd leave that in God's hands. But I couldn't say yes in fear of losing my job because it was wrong. Sometimes we have tough choices like that to make. Folly always ends up smelling bad. The heart of the wise is inclined to do what's right. The heart of a fool is inclined to do what's wrong. Fools will always show how stupid they are as they navigate life. Fools like lack biblical knowledge. We're going to pick it up from there next week. It's Community Sunday and we're running a little bit late. Uh, but we'll pick it up from there next week. And let me urge you, as... We live life, and listen, we see injustices every day. We see life being unfair sometimes. We, we see uh, people getting away with outright lies, and in some cases, murder. 
And yet we're still called to live in a way that glorifies God. But we can't do that without wisdom. So here's the thing. We're told by Jesus that he wanted his people to come to his table frequently, confess what's, whatever sin has been going on, repent of it, ask him for help to help us not repeat it, and then we can break bread together. That's what he did with the disciples the night he was betrayed. We call it the Lord's table. I'm going to ask uh, those who are serving if you would come up, please. Paul says this is a time for evaluating ourselves. Let the Spirit of God, the Word of God, examine our hearts. If there's anything that needs to be confessed, this is the time to do it before the table. The men are passing out the bread. Would you hold it? We'll partake together. Because this bread is the symbol of the body that was broken, Jesus' body, for us on the cross. There's a great old hymn that um, is very simple, but most theologians, the great majority of them, believe it was the greatest hymn ever written. And it's called, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, Because the Bible Tells Me So. He broke his, his body was broken because he loves you. He says, whenever you eat this, think of him in remembrance of him. Would you eat, please? We'll hand out the cup, and if you would, just uh, hold it, and we'll partake together.
the Bible says there can be no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood from a appropriate sacrifice. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. Sinless, fully human in our place, and fully God. His blood was shed on the cross, which instituted a new covenant. And that new covenant says there is forgiveness by repentance and faith in the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross for you and me because he loved us. His blood was shed for the new covenant that he would never leave us or forsake us. It says when you drink this, do this in remembrance of him. As is customary at this point in time, um, if you feel led to give to um, the fellowship fund to help those in need, uh, that would be wonderful. And then uh, we're, we're going to close with uh, uh, one of my favorite songs. I have a lot of favorite songs, but uh, Shout to the Lord. How's that? Kimmy and Chip, did you come up? Fountains fell down and the seas will roar at the 
sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have. You're all due here 7 o'clock tomorrow night for choir. Okay? I'll be here. Let's pray. Father, would you send us off in the power of your spirit, helping us to proclaim the grace and the love of Christ. Father, this world needs to know Jesus. Help us to be part of that mission. And Father, I pray these things in the name of our Savior. And all God's people said? Amen. Hey, very good. God bless you. You too. <laughs>